everybody, welcome to episode 125 of For the Love of Guns. This is the podcast about the people, the products, and the priorities of the firearms culture. It's my pleasure to welcome back Katarina from Falco. Now, on this podcast, you're going to realize why Falco is different and the reason why I like them so much. But listen, I really need your help here. The reason why I can bring these shows to you is because of the sponsors, and they need your support so they can support me to bring you this content. And this episode is brought to you by Falco Holsters. Look, I really love the quality of these holsters. I mean, I love leather holsters, but these things being hand-built, and you're going to hear more about that in this podcast, is amazing. Falco can bring you a holster. They can build a holster for any gun, every budget, without sacrificing quality. Now, I have a link down below. Click that to go to Falco, and then use the checkout code Banshee to save 10%. Now, this podcast is also brought to you by Ammo Squared. We're gun people. We need ammo. Why not get ammo from a place that understands ammo can also be an investment? Because when the economy goes really kind of weird, ammo prices, they go up. Why not think about ammo a little bit differently and invest in ammo? I mean, gold and silver go up. Well, copper jacketed lead typically goes up as well. So go check out Ammo Squared. I have a link down below. And when you want your ammo, you can get your ammo. You don't have to use it as an investment. You can let them store it in an insured facility and then get it when you want it. Definitely go check out Ammo Squared. Like I said before, link is down below. Now with everything paid, let's talk to Katerina. Katerina, tell me about your love of guns. My name is Katerina. Uh, I work for Falco Holsters. I'm the VP of Sales and Marketing right now. I joined the industry almost four years ago and I uh, have been learning so much ever since. Uh, I'm really happy to be working with the company I work with because uh, we come up with new innovative stuff every couple of months. And it's been it's been a ride for these four years. It has. Well, it, it's so funny because you said right now, you're, you're, you're VP of marketing right now. It's, you have gone through that company oh, all the way yeah. up to VP. I mean, you've you've grown with that company, and yeah. um, it's kind of amazing because it's like the the future. Who knows what leads you to the future? Because I mean, you've started from the bottom. You could go anywhere in that company. Well, right now I can only replace our owner, which I don't want to do because. <laughs> Well, that's why, because that's that's I was thinking that because as soon as that left my mouth, I'm like, who else could she replace? And then it's like, uh, basically, it'd be her company. <laughs> but but and I then, can, uh, you know, I can still keep uh, my team growing. So that's something. Which, I mean, you have an amazing team because you have um, uh, Martin and uh, Veronica, right? on your team um and actually you and veronica were just in ohio yes yes we were at the nsgw uh uh it was nice it was veronica's second time in the us so it was really exciting but she's such a go-getter she prepared everything for the show she made her plan and she followed through so i'm very happy to have her uh, she's uh, taking care of our dealer relationships and wholesale in the U.S. Uh, and Martin, Martin has been with the company for two and a half years, 
and he's taking care of the marketing side. So he's taking care of you, Jason, and all of yeah. our other uh, cooperators. So he's great. He's been doing our blog for a year and a half, and he's doing such a great job. So I'm happy yeah, to have him. He's a great guy. It's like we were laughing um, offline because I, I talk about this all the time. Is um, how I actually met Falco was because of Martin at Shot Show a couple of years ago. Uh, I was just like walking by, looking at the at the booth, and I turned around. And I just about plowed him over. He was like in the aisle. He, he he's that much of a go getter. He's like, I'm going to stand in front of somebody, and get their attention, and talk to them about holsters. Um, which is, it, it, he's great. I mean, it's great to talk to him. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you have a great team. And that's the thing with Falco over the, you know, so I've known about you guys for, for, the, for the past few years, but over the past few years, Falco is a very fast growing company right now. I mean, yeah. a lot of things are happening. Yeah, so the funny fact is that the company has been around for a long time very long time since 1989 and it's a family business so uh it's been growing more rapidly since maybe 2012 when the second generation of owners took over that's robert that's my boss but when i got hired uh there was I, I'm going to be honest with you. There were three people who were involved with sales and marketing and covering the whole world, right? Yeah. And one of them was partially helping with manufacturing uh, management and stuff. And within a year, uh, I was able to build a team of five people that's dedicated just to sales and marketing. We do nothing less. So it's five people plus me. And it paid off because we were able to focus more on our e-com. We were able to learn more about the wholesale in the US and we kind of got our foot in the door. So it's it's very exciting to be part of this. And it's, it's exciting to see the difference like three years ago when I tried to talk to somebody from the industry, it was very difficult because we were these outsiders, you know, everybody said like, Falco holsters, is it like a ripoff or some Chinese company or Pakistani yeah. family business, you well, know? And then they find, then they're finding out from, you're from, from Slovakia. They're like, Oh, it, it gets kind of weird at that point. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but you went from that point all the way up to, well, talk to us about the special guests that came over and made his own holster. I mean, that's how that's how big you guys are getting now. Yeah. So we had Eric Poole here uh, this summer. Uh, he spent a week with us. He got to make his own Falco holster together with Robert. And they both signed their holsters. And it was... That's so cool. Yeah, it was really cool. I was... I was driving him around Slovakia because I wanted to show him, you know, uh, the culture and everything. So we took one day dedicated to just exploring the country. And I didn't realize how ex exhausting that's going to be. So <laughs> poor Eric. <laughs> poor Eric. <laughs> well, he still said that that was one of his most favorite trips he made since he's, uh, he's been working with Guns and Ammo. But I don't believe him. He must have been really... <laughs> Really, uh, you well, know, 
So, so the guy comes over, he's got jet lag, and then you drag them all through Slovakia. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I was so, because we were talking the whole time about uh, their business, about our business, about our company, and about the industry in general. And I was so focused on the discussion that I, you know, I crossed three red lights because oh. I... <laughs> I didn't notice. So I must have scared him as well. But uh, he's such a lovely. Either that, he thought he was just in New York City. Yeah, it's like we <laughs> do here. It's like New York City. Well, we are in a hurry. It <laughs> <laughs> was nice. Um, he provided us with a lot of um, feedback and tips on, you know, what is new, what is trending, what firearms we should be covering. And uh, we will be having a nice feature article that he's going to write about his visit in Slovakia. Awesome. So I can't wait to see that. And there's also a lot of videos of him making his own holster. So there should be some video content coming out as well. Awesome. Because, I mean, that's that's how fast things changed for you in three years. From, yeah. uh, we're trying to get our name out. We're, we, no one's really talked to us. They hear about, you know, like you said, are you from China? Or then they hear Slovakia and like, uh, okay. Is that even, a, is that, isn't that a third world country somewhere over by Russia? And, Do you have um, flushing toilets? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because people said that when I moved to Montana. Like, oh, really? do they have running water and flushing toilets? Oh, yeah, all my friends back in the East Coast are like, do they have, to they have toilets? Or, or do you have like an outhouse when you buy a house? I'm like, yeah, yeah, we have we have water. And um, I, I have a bucket here in the office. So you have a bucket. <laughs> um, that's why I love talking about you because it just it, we can we can just have a lot of fun with it with anywhere <laughs> a conversation goes. Um, well, I'm always going to see this interview and I, I will get fired. <laughs> <laughs> I got he needs you. You're, you're need you're very much needed in that company. But that's the thing we're kind of talking about is that, you know, people hear Slovakia and they're like, I don't know. I mean, why, are you like even like a, are you like a third world country? And, you know, because, you know, here in the United States, we hear Slovakia, we think Czechoslovakia, and we're not going to go through the whole history of Czechoslovakia. Mm -hmm. The two of us have talked about it offline about it. And it's pretty amazing to hear about that history. Um, but we, you know, we think, you know, old former Soviet Union, bombed out buildings, all this stuff. We don't think of there is, you know, it, it's an industrial country. I mean, it's just not, it's not what you think it is. And then, you know, then seeing like pictures coming in from, you know, hiking trips and stuff like that. You got beautiful mountains. I mean, it's, 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 unless you do your research, you just don't think of that. And then, and that's why I want to kind of get to the audiences. You hear that these things are made in Slovakia. Don't be afraid of it. This is actually, you know, you, we're, we're fortunate enough to have you as a sponsor of the podcast. You're also, you know, my favorite holster because the thing I love about your holsters is the quality of it because they're handmade. Um, you know, and there's only so much you can do with a machine. I mean, you know, a machine does, a machine can do great work. It can, but there's something about a hand they where you know where somebody makes something from hand and goes, hey, you know this seam is just not right. Let me buff this thing down a little bit. Let me make it you know basically perfect for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, um, 
the main advantage of Slovakia being what I, I would call Slovakia a transitioning country because we are not a rural country anymore. Like we have we have a lot of industry happening here, especially car manufacturing and stuff. But the way we are is we are really hardworking people and people are proud of their work and their craft. So we do things the hard way, right? That's why we still manufacture all of our holsters by hand. Uh, the only thing that's done with machines is the laser cutting the leather to achieve the most, uh, to kind of uh, use up the most of the leather as we can. Yeah. And also it helps us to have smooth edges. So it's not completely like, uh, yeah, someone's not sitting there with a pair of scissors yes, trying to cut out yes, leather. To but, do that. Yeah, but then again, the rest of the um, holster making is done by hand and it allows us to really customize it. So there are not a lot of compromises made. So whenever we have an order for a holster for a specific firearm, we are trying to find a better way, the best way to accommodate that design to that set firearm so there are not like uh, compromises being made and again during the production process everybody that's, that's working on the holster they are trying to perfect whatever they can and the product just has a, a different feeling than the mass-produced products it, it does uh, it, it's funny you say that because um that's something that I, I well first of all i like leather holsters i i, I really do but you can it, it's it's hard to explain when you hold this holster, you can feel it. Um, you know, offline, I was talking to you about a holster I used to use before uh, Falco, and I I know the difference, right? I, I could tell the difference. It was a it's a mass produced leather holster. It was made here in the U.S. It, it doesn't have the quality, right? I mean, I I can feel the difference of it, and that's what I love about Falco. I I love the quality. And everybody in the audience, think of it this way. Here in the U.S., we used to make this stuff by hand. We don't anymore. So just imagine going back 60 or 70 years minimum. That's at the quality that we used to produce. That's what I have in my hand right here. That's so nice to hear uh, that sentence. I may steal it again for marketing. You see, it's a, every time we talk, you're stealing something <laughs> new from me. <laughs> you should just hire me for your marketing department. Yeah, we'll just put you um, on our payroll. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's that really is the, that's the thing. I mean, and I've got I've got a lot of holsters over here. Um, I mean, <laughs> even if we go down to um, you know a, a hybrid, so you don't just make leather holsters you make hybrid you make kydex um for some reason yeah i i don't oh i know the kydex the kydex holster i have for you is the uh, shoulder holster that just came out um so i mean whether it's leather kydex or a combination of the two you can make you can make a holster for that anybody like and what i like about it is um your materials, your your leather comes from Italy, correct? Mm -hmm. And then your Kydex comes from the U.S. Yes. So why, I mean, why not like 
Chinese Kydex or I don't know South American leather? Why, why did you choose on? You know, why did Falco choose those? So uh, uh, Robert, our CEO, he's been working for an American company before he took over the business, and he was placed in Milan, in Italy. So he was able to explore Italian leather market, and that's just. For him, Italian leather is the best quality leather he could find. Yes, And uh, we source our leather in the region where majority of the high-end brands are sourcing leather for handbags. So um, he's been working with this tannery for over a decade now. And as to the Kydex, I mean, American Kydex, because it's just better. Uh, I don't even remember whether we sourced just like samples from from China or from other companies and other countries. We just stick to the U.S. Kydex because that's the original Kydex, you know. And we and are that's also where the air the aerospace industry is getting theirs from. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, and what I've seen with other brands, uh, sometimes when I get a Kydex holster in my hand from another manufacturer, you can yeah. Feels like I can break it in my hand. It's just, yeah. They use a really thin. They use a really thin, cheaper Kydex. It's yes. Yeah. And every time we look at ourselves, like we, look, I look at Robert. He looks at me, and we're like, "Is this Kydex? Like, it doesn't feel like Kydex. This is this is cheap, and we don't want to yeah. use cheap materials because we put so much work in processing the materials. I think it's if we didn't pay attention on the quality. To the quality on the input of the materials we would make a huge mistake because that would be the waste of our time the final product would yeah. never be as good as we want it to be well and that's the thing is not only do you want to make a good holster because you want to be known as a good you know a good quality product uh the warranty of this thing um talk a little bit about the warranty i mean if i, if I get a holster in that i don't like mm-hmm. you're you guys are going to work to make that got good to me in one way or another. Talk talk a little bit about that. So it happens. Uh, and we discussed this before offline. So we have a huge gun list. We cover 2,000, over 2,000 pistol models and over 1,000 revolvers, plus the weapon-mounted lights, plus different types of optics. So there's hundreds of millions of combinations uh, of handgun with accessories and the holster design. So it happens often that whatever skew we are making, whatever custom holster we are making, it is there's always the first time that we are making this combination. So we try our best to make it work. And if it doesn't work for any reason, we just keep doing it. You know, we can either give you a refund or what we usually do, and our customers usually want that, is that we just give it another try we manufacture another holster for them with the same configuration. We adjust the parts that weren't perfect for the first time. And we just do this until the customer is happy and until the design is perfect. And that way, every time there's something we change on the product for the customer to make the product better, all of the templates we are using in the manufacturing uh, process are changed. So that way, we are sure that we can only move towards more perfection and not go back again. And, that, and that's the greatest thing about it is that you're listening to the people. 
right? So someone says, hey, for some reason, this did not meet my expectations. You're like, okay, well, what happened? What? Because they're actually making the product better. And mm -hmm. you know, you're taking the input and you're going, okay, this is what the customer wants. Uh, there was a there was a book. Uh, it was called a complaint is a, a complaint is a gift, and the whole idea behind it is is customer service. If a customer can, it, it has a complaint, that's an opportunity. It's not. It's not a. I mean, you don't want customers to complain, but they're telling you exactly what to do, and that's what I love about Falco is that you're you're taking those and you know moving forward. I mean, I had uh, last week. Anybody that watched last week, uh, I held this holster up. Uh, this has been made twice for me and it's getting ready to be made third time because there is something, um, it's the first time in, you know, while I was talking to Martin, it's like, that's the first time we ever made the holster for that gun. Um, so it was great because, you know, I can see where the design is changing to get this to be the best holster it can be. Um, which is why I love companies that listen to, to you know, their customers and it would the input that you're getting is, you know, because now because you're making that, that change now it's going to be, everybody else gets to benefit from it. Yeah. And I mean, I understand why it's difficult for uh, companies that must produce uh, products because you can't just change something easily and, you know, on the go. So I understand when you pay, uh, thousands of dollars for uh, aluminum, 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 <laughs> <laughs> aluminum mold, and uh, you know to make. Well, see, uh, if if it's if it's in the U.S., it's aluminum. If it's in if it's in England, it's aluminium. Yes, aluminium. That's what I was going. Aluminium. Because that comes from Latin. Yeah. yeah. So well, either way, I'm glad that we went through this <laughs> and we understood each other. I mean, I had a Kydex holster, and, and this company, uh, they make they make their own molds, mm -hmm. and I bought I I bought the you know I bought the holster, and it was my gun didn't fit, and that company swore up and down that that holster works until I until I sent them a video showing them it didn't work, and they're like, crap. Um, mm -hmm. And the problem was, is it was for, it, it was for my SIG P220. Um, and there, of course, designs of guns change, right? Yes. I mean, just because you have a design of a gun doesn't mean that SIG's going to make that exact gun five or 10 years later. They're going to, they, they may change that gun. And that's just not SIG. It could be any gun. Yeah. And you might not know that that change happened. They don't always uh, announce it. Yeah. So, you know, and that's where that company's like, it works. We, we follow the specs from SIG. I sent them the video and they're just like, oh. Um, and then they wanted like pictures of my gun. Mm -hmm. And then they, uh, I think they actually contacted SIG on it. And then SIG's like, oh yeah, we made a design change here. Mm -hmm. And they, they had to remake their molds. They had no yeah. idea that the change happened. And that's when communication with the end consumer come, is so important. So when we have, when we receive a claim, we always ask for the picture of, if the holster doesn't fit, we always ask the customer for the picture of the firearm so we can compare all of the details with our mold and make sure that it's not 
what you just described that it's not that situation yeah. that the manufacturer of the firearm changed something and now our role doesn't fit but um either way since we do everything by hand it's very easy for us to accommodate these changes and yeah. kind of you know it's not a huge investment and it it helps us to stay uh compatible and i always love when a customer calls us and when they go like oh i i see this holster or, or i see this bag and i really like it and i've been watching all of these reviews and i think the features are nice but it would just work so much better for me if the front pocket was larger yeah. it's like okay hold on a second we can do that but i think yeah. that's a great idea so i have a new version of our g122 bag at the r d being designed now and it was an I idea see. of our customer. And I was like, I'm going to send you the bag. You're not going to pay anything for the customization. Like if there's anything you would like to change or make better, just feel free to let me know. And we, we will be happy to reward you, you know, for the effort. And yeah, we have amazing. You see, you see, and that's what's great about that is that, you know, we're going back to this whole thing. of You listen to the customer. The customer tells you what's going on. You make adjustments, and then now everybody, everybody benefits from the from those adjustments. Yeah. And mass producing the companies who mass that, you know, that holster I was showing you earlier from that I used to carry, they could care less if I if I complain. They're like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Take it back to the retailer to refund your money. All right. Yeah. Um, but that's what I love about this is that anybody can go, hey, what's what's going on with this or or i think i have an idea um um and i got i, I want to switch topics a little bit here in a minute um but that it, it's great you know someone came up with a great idea let's incorporate that into our line now we've been talking about leather holsters you know you, you got level two retention holsters you got light holsters like you said there's so many different designs of of you know a holster but then you have, like, uh, let's talk about your other holsters that I don't have. I mean, you just came out with a holster for a bike frame. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, which is which is new. Um, how did you guys come up with an idea for a bike frame holster? So Robert and his family, they love to go uh, mountain biking. And uh he didn't have a place to put his firearm in when he was on the bike. And he's, he's really uh, conscious about security and safety. And he realized that if, we, if he carries the firearm inside the waistband, because you need to carry concealed in Slovakia, right? So the only option for him would have been inside the waistband. But then he was, if I fall or if my wife carries and she falls, it can cause a lot of damage if you fall yeah. on the firearm. So he came up with this idea of the concealed carry bag that you can attach to the to the bike. And at first I was I tried to look up if there's something like that on the market. I haven't found anything. I was like, okay, there may be some reason why nobody else is doing that. And I found some uh, blogs uh, just uh a quick uh, break. Shout out to Alien Gear. Their blog has taught me the most since I'm in the business. 
every time I need to learn something, I go to their blog. And our products are not really compatible, uh, competitive. So it's it's okay yeah. that I praise them. So I found a blog on their website. They're doing a great job. And uh, they explained that they do not recommend off-body carry when you are on a bike because um, you may fall and the bike may get out of your hand, you know, yeah. and you always want to keep your firearm on you. So then we realized like, okay, but you don't need to leave your firearm in the bag when you leave the bicycle, you know, you park it and you go to have a coffee or something. You can still have inside the waistband holster in the bag, in the yeah. holder, and then you just pull it out, you conceal it in your pants and you walk away from the bike. So that's how we marketed it. And it was a huge success. Uh, I think in the December issue of Guns and Ammo, we are going to have an editorial about this product, which awesome. is great. So even more people will learn about it. And it's been a good seller. We were able to launch it just before summer. I think it was in June. And uh, yeah, that's how we how we can come up with ideas just from everyday life, you know. And that's what I love about this because it's you know, you use your own products and you, and then you see something like, well, that I, I, I need it for this. You know, Robert says, Hey, we have this problem. I have this problem. There's gotta be other people that have this problem too. And then, I mean, that, that's the greatest thing about it. Now also you have, um, I don't want they're not like fanny bags, but they're kind of like attached to your leg as well. Yes. Yes. I mean, these were originally. Uh, these my were... camera just lost connection. I mean, why are we talking about that? Let me fix that. Okay, uh, that was originally designed for um, carrying a firearm when you are on a bike, not like a bicycle, but a, a motorbike. Motorcycle. Yep. Mm -hmm. Motorcycle, because again, same story. Uh, before Robert uh, settled, he had a motor a motorcycle. And he, he was driving the motorcycle around the Europe and he needed a carry oh, option. Carry. <laughs> so, but what I like and what I use this uh, bag for, so it sits on your thigh, uh, thigh mm -hmm. and you have one strap that goes around your thigh and then you have one strap that goes around your waist. And it's super comfortable for hiking. I love this holster for hiking because you don't feel any weight. And it's not in it's not uncomfortable, it's not in the way of your backpack. And also another amazing uh, option how to use this bag is for horse riding. I can't oh, you know what I wouldn't think I wouldn't have thought of horse riding. Um it's yeah. funny you bring that up. As soon as you said that, I'm like it makes it makes perfect sense for that. Yeah. I only you know the only thing that would make it better for horse riding is if it were leather. That would be so yeah. cool, but we can still do that. <laughs> but that's my that's my favorite bag. And from our concealed carry bags, the two best-selling design within the last three years were the slim uh, sling bag that you can yeah. wear across your body or you can wear it as a fanny pack and this uh, C113 thigh bag. These were the most uh, liked designs we offered. It's funny because it, it's just, you don't think about, you know, we, we think about traditional gun 
poster companies and that this is what comes out of our mind, right? But yet we don't think about the outdoors, um, you know, and, and other uses. You know, for me, when I used to go to the office all the time, I had to off-body carry because, well, I decided to break company policy because I figured that my life was worth it. <laughs> um, and you have to, you have to get, you know, when you're in different situations, you have to get creative about how to solve these problems. You know, for me, I had a backpack that had a, a holster built into it. Mm -hmm. um, was it ideal? No, but it worked. It, it got me around a certain issue. And that's where I love talking about the thigh bags and, you know, talking about the bike bag. Uh, you have concealed carry purses that we talked about earlier. You guys have thought outside the box of different issues. Um, you know, we have, we have things. People have needs. Let's see what we come up with it. And it's funny, on another tab, I'm trying to get, uh, I should have brought this up earlier. Um, and that's the other thing. I love your website. Your, your website is so easy to use. Um, and while, while I'm doing this, let me just share this out. Um, we are actually working on a new one. Are should you? Be, mm -hmm, it should be live in March next year. So like right here, I'm in the concealed carrier for women. Mm -hmm. um, and you have, you, you can break it out by gender. And of course you have, you know, you also have nylon holsters, which we haven't talked about. Um, but, and um, they're comfortable in hybrid inside the waistband, uh, waistband holster. Uh, that's this one that I held up earlier. Um, I, I'll tell you, it is one of, I, I don't like, Inside the waistband holsters, um, I this one I love. I love this holster. Um, this one is so it, it really is comfortable. And actually, I think this is one of the first Falco holsters I've had, and I still use it. Um, and then going on even past that, you have some you know belly band holsters have become very popular now. Mm -hmm. So you're listening to a market and it's like, hey, belly band holsters are a big thing. Um, let's see here. This this one just kind of, it always, this the B105 always stood out to me just because it's a Kydex holster built into a belly band. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I love that because the retention of Kydex, it's not just you're just sliding this into a belly band, you actually have some retention to it. Yeah. So the idea behind this holster was, uh, I think it was right before the first shot show I attended. So before we, we both met and I was reading this article about uh, a lady, she was carrying a firearm in a belly band and she leaned towards the fence. And it pierced oh, wow. through the it pierced through the fabric, and she hurt herself. There was an accidental discharge, and I was thinking, what can we do? Because there was so many new gun owners entering the market around the time it was twenty twenty one, I think, no twenty twenty two twenty twenty two, the beginning of twenty twenty, the end of twenty twenty one, and uh, a lot of women, and especially since I was new to the industry as well, uh, it. It gets overwhelming, you know, and you are trying to find um, a good carry option for you. And you, you don't think about all of these um, 
specific requirements you should be having in terms of holsters. So I uh, I was talking to Robert and I said it would be nice if we could protect the trigger guard on the belly band yeah, in some way. Because that's the nice thing. That's the thing about your your holster is you want to protect that trigger mm -hmm. to keep it from going off. And that's yeah. where the belly bands, you know, belly bands and yoga pants have that problem. There's no, there's no hard protection to keep something from hitting that trigger. Yeah. So that's why we put the Kydex shell on the belly band holster. And it's um, currently we are working on a new version of this holster because uh, a lot of our customers uh, would like to have a, an option to carry the holster appendix style. So you have the belly band, but the holster sits on your belly rather than on your hip. And the way the, the Kydex shell we are using is curved. It's shaped to kind of curve around your hip. And that means it doesn't work for appendix carry. So it's so, getting... So it's kind, of, it's kind of like this one mm -hmm. where, mm -hmm. yeah, it's curved. Yeah. So now so, you're looking at kind of straightening that out. Yes. Awesome. awesome. That's, you see, and that's what I love about that is you, you guys are always thinking about, you know, these new things. Um, now, shoulder holsters have become a, have become a thing for you guys. Uh, talk a little bit about shoulder holsters because this is something new. You know, I have the Roto, and I also have the new Kydex one. Um, talk a little bit about about shoulder holsters. I mean, it seems like shoulder holsters are starting to make this kind of resurgence again. Yes, and everybody thought two years ago, everybody thought that shoulder holsters are dying and it's outdated and nobody wants it, but we've been selling a lot of shoulder holsters throughout all of this time and this year we decided to launch a couple of hybrid options so we have two hybrid holsters uh, hybrid shoulder holsters uh, that we added to our offer and we have one that is full kydex um our all-time best-selling design of a shoulder holster is our roto shoulder holster yep. which tilts forward so when you throw so That's this a, is the this is the Kydex, mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then the Roto holster, yeah. I, I, I got that. Um, it's, as, I, as I drop half my holsters here, this is what I loved about the Roto holster is it rotates forward. So when you're doing that draw, you can get kind of you can carry it where it's straight up and down, but when you draw, you kind of can pull it out on mm -hmm. a 45 or yeah, well, it's about a 45 degree angle. It makes it a little easier to draw from. Yeah, especially if you have a longer barrel revolver or, full, yeah. or a full size pistol. And we've been talking about suppressors lately because they are getting more and more popular. And I think that this holster with the roto function, it would actually be convenient for a suppressed pistol as well. But we just started to think about it. But what we did this year is we launched a counterpart, a little brother of this design, which has a Kydex shell inside. So you have the yep. uh, leather wrapper around, which allows the yep. foul folding. And then you have Kydex shell inside, which gives you uh, additional retention. And yeah. to, to be honest, I think that the hybrid design gives you um, more... Um, just more flawless draw from from the holster. Um, we are still well, working. That's the thing. 
that's yeah. the thing with pedits is like uh you know i love the roto holster um but like this one's for my beretta 92 i get a great draw uh, there's no doubt about it kydex gives you a great draw it really does. Yeah. The, the disadvantage is it's a little it's a little rough on the finish of the firearm, um, but it does give you a great draw. And I love that you're taking um, you're taking that roto holster, and then now you have something that draws even better. You know what's better with leather? It doesn't rat, it doesn't rattle when yes. you draw or when you reholster. I was trying to find out a good benefit of leather over kydex. For a long time, you know, there's the feeling and the comfort and everything. Yep. I was like, it needs to be something else. And yeah, it, it's just silent. Sometimes you don't want well, and, people to hear. And that's the it. thing. And that's the thing about Kydex. I mean, Kydex is noisy. Um, it, it really, it really is kind of you. You can tell someone drawing from a Kydex holster. You can tell somebody reholstering from a Kydex. Uh, you can tell if somebody's walking by a table and then cut the corner too short when they hit their their gun against the table. It's Kydex. It's just got that that plastic sound, mm -hmm. whereas leather just kind of absorbs. Yeah. And we will be launching a light bearing version of these holsters soon. Jump oh, excited! Nice. Yeah. Light and it's so funny is. I never saw light bearing being a big thing. I was like, why would you ever want to carry a, a, a flashlight on your gun? And and then, I, I don't know, it's just, maybe it's just I, I warmed up to it because now I find that maybe I want to, you know, maybe I want to carry my flashlight on a gun because I'm sick of having my pockets full and, you know, because I got my gun on me, I've got my knife on me, I got my flashlight and it's like, uh, sooner or later, my you know, I kind of look like Batman with all the, the crap that I'm carrying. <laughs> <laughs> um, where it just might be just nice to have my flashlight on my on my gun, and it's it's just all in one place. Um, I think it started. I think it's very similar to red dots. Uh, so it started with uh, yeah. officers on duty. So the duty guns. Yep that started to have red dots on it and now they are having lights on it and you just get used to it and you know yeah well it, it's funny because you say red dots and you know uh this is my p uh 365 and um i i, I was like i'm a, i'm a i'm an iron sights kind of person uh now i'm putting red dots on everything it's, it's you know for me when i go to the range I always prefer shooting with iron sights over the red dot because uh, especially if I'm using a full size uh, firearm, which I don't do often, but when I do, when I'm trying a 1911 or something, it's heavy for my uh, for my hands yeah. because, you know, I'm a, I'm a woman. And it's a, after, it's a big gun and yeah. <laughs> yeah, and after a couple of rounds, my hearts, my hands start to shake a little bit. And I'm usually very able to handle that. But once I can see the red dot just moving a little, it makes me nervous and it makes me, you know, shake my hands even more. And with iron sight, I'm way more, I, I can sh hit the target every time. But with the red dot, I shoot worse. It's funny. It's funny you say that because there's um, there's a thing. It's called chasing the red dot. Mm -hmm. um, and then when if you're used to iron sights and you start shooting with red dots, you are literally like 
where the heck is mm -hmm. that red dot? You're, you're looking for it. And then when you see it, and then you start overcorrecting too fast. And um, I took a new shooter out a couple of months ago. And um, when I got to one of the pistols that I had with a, uh, with a red dot, they're like, I can't, I can't find it. <laughs> where is it? They're like, yeah, I, I get that. It, it's called chasing the red dot. And then even um, uh, Jessica Hook, who's a, a, you know, a competition shooter for Beretta, when she went to carry optics, she she went, look, this is tough. You know, I'm, I'm a competition shooter, and getting used to a red dot is taking time. And she did videos where she's in competition. You can see her chasing that red dot right before she, she squeezes the trigger. So it, 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 there's another skill to a red dot. But another another point of view is yes, when I'm in, in um, you know when I'm at the range and I'm shooting, I don't know, uh, I will say it in metric system, but usually I do like from fifteen to twenty meters. So I'm trying to be precise. But in the yeah. real life situation, when somebody someone's close to you, you know, and you don't have the time, you don't care about the proficiency so much. You just need to find the you're, target anyway. so that's when red dot works yeah you're working on at that point i like to say you're working on instinct so it, the closer someone is to you the more you're working on instinct than than skill um yeah. uh you know i i have a i have a i have a buddy of mine he he was a he was a marine and um he asked me one time he goes so um you have and, and this is I, I've used the form of this question in the, in the uh, speed round, but yeah, you, know, you have a table in front of you and you have a rifle and a pistol. Which one do you grab? I go, I grab a pistol every time. He's a Marine. He grabs a rifle. I get that. He goes, well, what happens if they're a hundred yards out? I go, I'm still grabbing the pistol. He goes, but they're a hundred yards out. I go, I'm patient. I'll wait for them to get closer. Sooner or later, they're going to be where, where I, I, you know, they're in my sweet spot. And he goes, well, what if they're shooting at you? I go, then I move. <laughs> you know, I'm, just, I'm yeah. not going to just stand there. But yeah, it's it, it's funny because the farther out we are, the more I have to focus on that shot. Whereas, you know, being this is kind of the curse of of being a competition shooter is that you you tend you tend to work on those on those instant shot uh, instinct shots. And then when I start going into three gun, now I'm putting a rifle and a shotgun into the mix. Now I have to think. You know. Yeah. Um, I'm a lazy shooter. That's probably why I'm a pistol shooter. Um, but yeah, I get I get that with the with the red dot. I, it, it takes it takes a little bit more work to to work those things. Yeah, and it's just you know when you when you're training, you want to train in a way that uh, requires you to focus and really put in the effort, and that's. What you do with iron sights like a red dot is sometimes a little too easy you know it is um especially you know like i say you, you work on that instinct eventually you get the instinct down of where you know because your your iron sights you're looking farther down on the gun whereas a red dot you're looking farther up mm -hmm. so eventually you get your hands in that place and then yeah it, it becomes a little well you just got you, like everything else you got to put the work into it yes and um yeah, I, I've been shooting. You know, I've been shooting for over forty years, so uh, I, I'm I'm kind of set in my ways. Now I got to learn all these new things, and uh, it's not that they're bad. It's just I could pick a gun up with iron sights and hit the target 
you know, a lot faster than with a red dot because I don't have that instinct build up. I still have a long way to go, so <laughs> I hope oh, that okay. will. Yeah, I hope one day I will get there, and I I will challenge you for a competition. <laughs> Just well, kidding. that'll give you that'll give you an excuse to come here to uh, to Montana. Yes, I loved Montana when we were. Of course, in of course, we'll be shooting all of the guns that I shot, so I have an advantage. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Well, it would be really difficult maybe, to bring fire. Maybe what we'll have to do, maybe what we'll have to do is we'll have to break into my wife's gun safe and shoot uh -huh. her guns, so that way it'll be a little more even. Neither one of us shoot those. Okay. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that sounds like a plan. So now, one thing I wanted to bring up is Falco has had a bunch of uh, press releases lately. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, Laura Evans, amazing person. Um, she's been working on your press releases here. Talk to me a little bit about um, biodegradable leather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how... Uh, <laughs> Oh, leather is a natural material, right? So it's it's uh -huh. ecological in its way, always. But what's important with leather is the tanning process and the oils that you put, the oil and the lacquer you put on the surface of the leather after the holster is finished. Because if you put artificial stuff on the holster, then the holster becomes uh, difficult to degrade. Yeah. yeah to break down and i i know that it's not a big thing in the us but in europe you wouldn't believe everybody's crazy about having everything biodegradable and it it depends on where you are in the us depends on whether whether that's a concern or not but um, I, I love i love where you're going with this though because i mean first personally we're talking about a leather holster Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it it's a material that breathes. I mean, it'll absorb moisture. It'll you can dry them out. You can mold them. Um, why would we? I mean, you think about it, why would we take something that was natural and then start putting artificial stuff on it, right? Mm -hmm. so, and to be honest, to me, it just closes the circle because isn't that what outdoors is all about? embracing much, the yes. nation, you know and going back thousands of years and you know hunting fair chase deer and you know doing it the old way to respect the animals to respect the nature and um philosophically it just fits in for me so yeah, I, and I, I love that i love where you're going with that i mean it is kind of the you know it is kind of a circle um it's a natural thing. It's it's going to break down over time. Um, yes, you can put, you know, in the tanning process, you can put, you know, lacquers and stuff like that to protect it. But really, if you have a leather holster, a leather holster, you should not have a one and done mentality. These take work over time, right? We have to condition them. If they get, you know, if if you're if if you're out hunting, you have a leather holster. Your holster gets soaked. You have to deal with that, right? Um, I had uh, a flood last year here in the basement where uh, actually one of my Falco holsters 
uh, was in my range bag, which was on the floor that got wet, and I had to recondition the holster. Yeah, uh, that, that's my little daughter. I told her I will be on the call, but apparently she decided to join. <laughs> yes, you're <laughs> you're absolutely you see, right. That's the future mark uh, vice president marking of, of how the holster is sitting right there. See, everybody, you, you haven't realized in 20 years that's who we'll be interviewing on the podcast because, well, I mean, you're going to own the company and you know, you're going to take over. Yeah. That's a secret still. <laughs> um, but that's it. And that's the thing with the leather. You, you, you need to go into a leather holster realizing that this takes work over time. And why would we not want to make sure that things are done right, you know, and, and go through that whole natural process? Yeah. And uh, I mean, not putting artificial stuff on the holster doesn't mean that we compromise the quality because you can achieve the same quality and the same results with all natural stuff. And uh, it doesn't hurt. It feels better. We are doing something for the environment. But if you, I mean, even if you think about it, when we treat wood on guns, I mean, if you have a fine firearm, um, you're going to treat that with like tongue oil and things like that. And, um, you know, we're not going to, you know, the old, it, it kind of goes back to the old craftsmanship of making your leather holsters. You're just going back to the way we made them yeah. years ago. We are, we are merging old world and the new technology together. Yeah. And then uh, what's the other thing you have? Um, sorry, I got like so many um, press releases here. Um, let's see here. And now uh, for anybody that is, is, you know, in the retail side that's watching this, you also have a dealer program now that you just released at um, NASGW, which, um, which now makes total sense why um, you're that the, you took the one person with you to Ohio that you did. Yeah. So she's running that program. <laughs> yeah, she's running the program. Um, so our, the last uh, two years, better um, learning curve. And last year, we were trying to gather as much information on the market and on how to approach the retail and the wholesale in the US because we never truly focused on that before and this year we were able to put together a good dealer program and a good distribution program so we are trying to push that and acquire more uh, retailers to sell our products uh, the main thing we are offering that nobody else does is we do brick and mortar exclusive products we created a whole line of holsters that are uh, designed in a way to keep the skew count low. And we don't sell these holsters on our website and we don't sell these holsters on Amazon, which protects our dealers from, you know, the situation when the customer comes in, he takes a look at the holster wall, he sees the products and he walks out and orders the product for from Amazon for $1 less. We don't want that to happen. Well, and that's the, that's the good thing about that is, um, I, I mean, for me, I, I used to be I used to be a gun dealer. I had a deal that I was working with with a with a law enforcement agency, where 
the manufacturer actually under went in after me because I had to get special pricing and work through through that deal. They went in after me and undercut me. So that and they stopped. I stopped selling the products right afterwards. Uh, imagine why. But that's the nice thing about that is that you're looking at going. Okay, this is something that's really good for retail. You know, this pro these products are good for retail. They're designed for the retailers. Retailers go sell this. We're not going to compete against you uh, against yep. this deal. That's that's what's great because with our website, our, our unique selling point is endless options. It's it's a playground. Yes. Oh, it's you want it your is. pink? Do you want it's, it blue with yellow stitching and green edging? Have it. Do I want it? Do I want it black with a blue edge and blue stitching? Yeah, and then. Um, or, or do I want to like, and that's, that's the thing is you can get really lost going in there. Mm -hmm. I, honestly, when I came up with this, uh, this holster, I never thought about putting blue stitching until I saw a picture of it. Um, and I'm like, oh, that'd be really cool. Um, but you can really get crazy. You know, do I want it with a black edge? Do I want it with, uh, a brown edge? <laughs> um, do I, do I want it cut for red dot? Do I want it cut? You know, or, you know, cut for optics. Do I want it, um, or if I don't have optics, do I have suppressor sight uh, height sights? And I mean, and going back to making a holster, when you're like, there's thousands, there's hundreds of thousands of combinations. They're real. I mean, I, there's probably, I don't know, a couple hundred combinations of this holster alone that it could yeah. be. Yeah, and that's not even talking about put embossing my initials on it. And that's something you can't do in retail. You yeah. can't possibly have all of these options. And so our website talks to a completely different type of a consumer than our retail staff does. So our retail our line focuses on the most common SKUs. We have the uh, light bearing holsters that have retention built around the light. So as long as you're running X300, uh, you can run whatever compact firearm with it and it will fit. But again, why would we put that on our website? That's something that is convenient for the retailer and for a person who comes to the store, he purchases a light and he needs something to carry his firearm home in. And there's the and, holster for it. Yes. And on, on our website, you just it's just custom. There's, there's no compromises. And what's good for the consumer is that they can be sure that they're still getting the same quality because it's still manufactured by the same people from the same materials. It's just designed to be either convenient for retail or build your yeah. own on the side. Yeah. And that's what I love about that because that's um, it, 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 you're at the greatest thing about your about your product is it's so customizable. But to a certain con consumer, that's a disadvantage. They don't. Want, I just I just want to I just want a holster, right? Yeah. I, I I just want a holster. I, I have this need. That's where that fits. Uh, for yeah. me, I love I love going to the website and going. Oh, I want this. I want this. And uh, oh, I even thought about that. Let me do this. And and then you know and then uh, about ten days later, it shows up at my door. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's amazing right there in itself, you know, make it, I mean, you're essentially making a custom holster and we're getting in in about 10 days. Yeah. Um, I don't think that there's anybody else who can do it so quickly. I yeah. So it is. I actually, I don't know. 
I, off the top of my head, I couldn't ex I couldn't tell you one holster manufacturer that I could get this many options in the holster. Mm -hmm. I, I can't think of any of them. Um, That's, yeah, I have a product I can trust. Yeah, as I said, we are doing it the hard way. Nobody is doing this because on the manufacturing side of the process, it's a headache. But we have an amazing <laughs> director of well, manufacturing, and she's doing a great job. That's got to be a logistical nightmare right there. Um, but she hands, handles it, and she keeps getting more and more efficient. So I don't know. I just need to feed the beast. You know? <laughs> well. Well, and so so you, you kind of hit on something uh, that we, we've never talked about. So you have a CEO, then underneath the CEO is basically an organization of women. Yeah. They're basically running this thing, um, which is yeah. which is amazing in itself right there. Because we start thinking about, um, you know, we start talking about handmade things. I mean, you know, the firearms industry is heavily male dominated as it is. Um, not that we don't have amazing women doing stuff. We, we do. It's just, it's a male dominated. We get into manufacturing, male dominated. This is completely different in Falco. Yeah. Um, you know, this is not, this is now we have uh, women running this company, you know, doing the day-to-day -day operations of this company. And that's, that's amazing in itself right there. It is. And um, it surprises me. It, it wasn't, built like this on purpose. So when I got hired, there was, there was the sales director who was a male, but I don't know if that's our country or if it's just us three women, but we just work, <laughs> really, we just work really hard and we focus on having stuff done. So we don't sit around and talk about what would be the best idea. We just go and do it. And <laughs> I think that and I think that's what um, Robert appreciates. So that's why I am the VP of sales and marketing now and, and it's not my predecessor. Uh, but I always joke about it because uh, Robert is not a person you would call a feminist, maybe because he, he has like these jokes, you know, and he, he always says that, that I'm a white male. And I'm the most discriminated species on this planet right now. Because <laughs> I never and, thought about it that way. <laughs> you know, I can kind of agree in some way because you just need to feel sorry for all of the privilege you have. And I don't, I, I don't, oh, this is, this is a thin ice. I shouldn't probably be talking about this. <laughs> we, we can, yeah, we, no, I, I, I get where you're going with that. Yeah, no, I, I completely get where you're going with that. I, I, I'm not, like, I think that we are all human in the first place. It's not men, it's not women. We are all human. And as long it's, as we do our job and we do our part, it doesn't really matter. And we, sh we should be all equal. But I always, whenever he, he says something like that, I always tell him that, you know, you're the biggest feminist I know. Like, you have three women who run your company. And he never talks over us. He never, you know, doubts our opinions just because we are women. And he believes in whatever we say. He respects us. So 
I think that I'm really lucky to be working in this company. Well, and it goes back to when you were first hired, your first, your first um, shot show. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's not that he was there watching over you. He's like, go. That was shot show. Go. Yeah, that was crazy. It was my first show, my first time in the U.S., my first time in Vegas, and he just told me a month before because he was supposed to go. He was doing these shows for years. He was like, oh, I'm not going. You're smart. You can handle that. And I was like, okay, I respect your decision. I will do my best. And he gave me like a piece of paper with some guidelines, you know, what to do where. Uh, and I was like, okay. And I did it. I survived luckily and now he doesn't want to go to shows anymore because he said that we do it better that and he's well, afraid yeah that, he's afraid. but that speaks volumes about him right because he he goes you know i hired someone to do the job i trust you to do it here's 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 some guidance of what what i know go yeah go go get it done and then yeah. he's got a company to run so he he trusts you because that I mean, I, when I have employees, or when I had employees, I'm, I'm decided to get out of management and start trying to enjoy life again. Um, that's the thing is, you know, I used to tell I used to tell my employees, if I have to micromanage you, both of us are going to be miserable, and one of us is not going to have a job at the end. But it's not me that's going to be looking, right? So, you know, I hired you to do a job. Just I, I trust you to do the job, or else I wouldn't have hired you. So that speaks volumes right there that. He hired the right person and he just picked the ball up and run. Obviously, now you're BPF Mark. Yeah, I mean, that's huge. Yeah, that, that is. Well, There's a no. lot of uh, trust I I get from the from the company and a ton of responsibility on, on my end. Yeah. Because you can't blame anyone for your mistakes, you know? It's it's no, your you gotta own it. Yes. Yeah. So uh, it's a lot of responsibility, but I yeah, always I, do my best and I will keep doing that. I used to tell my employees, I go, look, if you make a mistake, just own it. Yeah. The greatest thing about telling the truth is you only have to tell it once. Yeah. Right. And it's amazing the power that the truth has because, you know, there's times I've gone into a, a boss's office and like, hey, I screwed up. I'm sorry. This is what happened. This is this is how I fixed it. This is why it's not going to happen again. And meanwhile, you know, I, I've had bosses just sit there and go, okay. <laughs> you, know, they, you know, and then when their phone rang, they already knew the story. They already knew what happened. They had everything that they needed. And it doesn't become an issue at that point. Right. I mean, it's like I'm human, I'm gonna make mistakes. It's how I deal with those mistakes is what what makes a difference. I don't and try to make a mistake. And you solve your own mistakes. You're not like, oh, this happened. Solve it for me. No, it's like, okay, this happened. I messed up. This is what I'm going to do to make it right. Here it is. There we go. Yeah. So we've been talking just a little over an hour. Um, for everybody that's been in the podcast this long, thank you so much for staying with us this long. I have links down below of how to get the Falco holsters. And of course, for, well, the last year in the beginning, in the first uh, first 
two or three minutes of the podcast, you've heard all about Falco Holsters. You've heard about it again. Um, but, you know, Katarina, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us. Um, for those of you, you know, listening or, or watching, Katarina talked and I talked for at least a half hour before we actually hit the record button. Um, so she's actually been with me for over an hour and a half now. Um, I would just want to kind of loosen up and end with a speed round. So I'm going to give you four this or that questions and then one thinking question. Now, you've been through the through a version of this in the past. Uh, hopefully, I don't ask you the same questions. So when shooting, for hearing protection, earplugs or earmuffs? Earmuffs. Earmuffs. Rifle or pistol? Oh, so, sorry, I didn't hear. No, sir. Rifle or pistol? No, pistol. For a rifle or a pistol? Pistol? Mm hmm. Revolver or semi automatic? Semi automatic. Okay. Um, I have a question and I realized it was one I asked you for, for before, so I'm not going to ask you this one again. Um, in a rifle, would you rather have a semi automatic or a lever action? Semi-automatic. Yeah, you're stuck on that semi-automatic. See, the one question I was going to ask you before was AR-15 or AK, but I, the last time you chose AK, so yes. I had to come up with another one. Um, so for your last question, which is your thinking question, I'm going to take you into the world's largest armory. Mm -hmm. And then in this armory has literally one of anything that has ever thrown a projectile. Anything from a slingshot to the deck gun off of you know a battleship. It's already been cleared by every possible government agency that you can walk out with anything from this armory. You get to have one thing. What are you gonna take? Oh. That's a tough question. That's a tough question. Wow. Like, I would probably want to have a tank or something. Okay. You know what's funny? You are not the first person in the past month and a half that has said tank. Yeah. Because <laughs> everybody wants that big main gun. You know? <laughs> and, and, of course, then you got to have a machine gun on a tank, too. So you kind of yeah. get the best of both worlds, right? Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. So, so Katarina's walking off with a tank. Well, yeah. I guess she's technically driving. She's technically driving off with a tank. So mm -hmm. that is awesome. Well, Katarina, thank you so much for taking time out of your day today to to talk to us. Um, you know, I know you just got back. You've been on the road for a little while, and this is always tough because you're getting back and everything's hit, getting hit. You're getting yeah. hit with all the stuff getting back in the office. But I do appreciate you jumping on with us. Thank you so much for having me, Jason, and thank you for everybody who listened so far. <laughs> so. <laughs> they stuck around with us for this long. Yes. It, it's yes. awesome. Well, all the people at Falco are amazing. I've not met one person that, well, has an attitude or anything. All they want to do is help people out. And they got great products that they can do that with. So, uh, you know, I've not met one person at Falco that, well, wasn't a good person. I mean, they're great to talk to. All they want to do is get the product that works for you in your hand and they just want to help you out and they got 
products. So definitely go check out Falco holsters. These things are so amazing. Like I said before, I have a link down below. Now for the product of the podcast, it is the Smart Jaws from my friends over at Real Avid. These things are amazing. I mean, I absolutely love the Master Gun Vice. That thing is a workhorse here in the studio. And um, when they came out with these new Smart Jaws, super awesome. I mean, the old ones were okay. They weren't bad. But for other things, these things are amazing. And they come, like, there's three different ones. I mean, these are my go-to ones. They also have a leather one, and then they have the tube fit ones for, you know, working on tubes and round objects. Go check them out. I have a link down below. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, click that right there. That video is about, well, the green dot from Gideon Optics. Really got a chance to work with that thing on my Nada. Love that thing. Go check it out. Everybody else, there's a link down below. Thanks for listening. Hope you're staying safe out there. Look forward to talking to you again soon.